0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast with myself, Stephen Lusbaum, and as always, my good friend,
1: South Stan Chum, the beautiful bearded legend, Mr Paul Eby. Thank you very much indeed. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is episode number 132, and it's been, I think it's fair to say, a rather busy week at Orient, which we'll come on to shortly. We've got a great game against Tranmere to review. We've also got the results of our Hero of the Week poll uh, that was put to you, Fellow Orient fans, and the results of that will be announced at the end of this show. We've also got a surprise guest interview in the shape of CEO Danny Macklin, which was recorded earlier today, Sunday, and we're going to play that later as well. But as always, let's crack on with our friends with an update. Sorry with an update from our friends over at the Supporters Club.
0: <laughs> Got there in the end. So two trips to tell you about from the Supporters Club. The first one is next Saturday, away to AFC Fylde on the 17th of February. The coaches for this one depart the Supporters Club early doors at 8am for 3pm kickoff. <coughs> the cost is £32 for adults and £29 for concessions. And then the second trip is Chester, away on Tuesday night, 20th of February. Coaches depart for this one a bit later at 1pm for a 7.45 kick-off. The cost for this one is £27 for adults, and £24 for concessions. And both trips have a £3 surcharge for non-members, and you can book for this one by calling the travel line on double seven double two. 135970, and please remember that those costs do not include
1: your match day tickets. Absolutely, staying with the supporters club, there is a quiz at the club next Sunday, the 18th of February. At 6 p.m., there are still spaces for two or three teams. It is only eight pounds a head. You're allowed a maximum of eight people per team, and there is food included in the price. So eight quid for an evening's entertainment. The raffle money will be going towards Haven House Charity. Uh, Lee Deering, who's organised the quiz, is trying to raise money for them, and he's also going to be running the London Half Marathon uh, on their behalf as well. So you can still enter a team. Uh, contact Lee at Gorillas G O R I L A Z one 1985 on Twitter, or you can email him lmd85 at Um So, yeah, those are the two best ways. There are still a, places for two or three teams, um, so make sure you get in as soon yeah. as possible. Massive kudos to Lee for arranging that.
0: Of great cause, and I'm sure it'll be a great night. So, we also yeah. had an email from Tim Hayden at the Supporters Club who wanted to give us an update on all the things that the Supporters Club have been doing over the past. Well, a couple of years or so. So he starts off the email by saying, As you know, we've recently given the club £20,000 that was spent on acquiring the new pitch aerator, which will in time see a big improvement on the pitch. Yesterday, although far from perfect, the pitch was in a bit better shape than the last home game as the ball wasn't getting stuck in the mud. In fact, without it, yesterday's game may not have taken place at all as the rain came again at the wrong time. He goes on to say, these sorts of donations have been made by us over four, for over 40 years and total in that time over
1: a million quid. That's a lot of money in that Huge amount of money, yeah. Yeah. In recent years, he goes on to say, we've paid for all the televisions in the bars around the ground which help to keep people in them and spending. We pay for the refurbishment of the home changing rooms in the West Stand and also the modernisation of the match day officials room to comply with league standards. The manager's office and the medical room at the training ground were also funded by us. Yeah, he says, as you know, last season the bills weren't getting paid and the firm that supplies the club with
0: grass seed and fertiliser, etc., Hadn't been paid and wouldn't supply us. So we stepped in and paid the bills as otherwise no work at all could have been done in pre-season. It was the same with the iconic Leighton Orient sign and surrounds on the east stand gable. It was filthy and showed the club in a poor light in all the pictures that are seen of it. Again, no money from that regime were provided to pay for it. So we did. He goes on to say, we also gave a substantial donation
1: to the ladies team to help them establish themselves and will continue to do so. We also, as you know, were on hand to offer any help to the club staff who weren't getting paid in those dark times. The Supporters Club exists to help the football club in any way it can, and by making these donations, it means that all around there is evidence that the supporters have made a contribution to their club. And for me, I think that's an outstanding sentence to finish on. Brilliant. I mean, absolutely fam- know, over
0: a million quid through membership fees from takings on... Uh, the day. it's unbelievable so a huge well done to David Dodd and everyone at the supporters club all the
1: volunteers that are there to help make sure that people have got a nice safe environment to come pre and post match enjoy themselves, mingle with other people I heard there was Watford fans at the, in there yesterday on their way to the Olympic Stadium yeah. there was uh, obviously away fans allowed in there it's a really all inclusive place that shouldn't ever be underestimated the contribution that they make just because they don't Jump up and down and dance around about it, or Absolutely. they go about their business quietly and very professionally. So kudos to you guys. And the more money uh, you give via drinking the lovely ales, the
0: more money the club makes. So it's a win-win for everyone involved. Absolutely. So just remember, <coughs> thinking about one more pint, and as long as
1: you're not driving, just have another one. No All yeah. that money just <laughs> go straight into the club. Yeah. So the late night trust up, though we've got a bit of a bumper one this week, uh, as we didn't have one last week. So on Saturday, the twenty seventh of January, at nine o'clock, Kent Tegan, his wife Chris, who was over with him and Louise Stevens from the Trust were at the Peter May Centre in Walthamstow to support the fifth anniversary of the weekly International Park Run. This is a free weekly event with a record 207 runners turning up to be timed over the 5k distance. The club were happy to offer match tickets to attend the Aldershot game later that afternoon. Yep, staff and volunteers from
0: the NHS project Thrive London were in and around the ground at the Aldershot game chatting to supporters about the importance of sleep. Earlier in the week, Dr Alex Belsey had popped into the training grounds to interview some of the O staff and playing squad about the benefits of good sleep and how poor sleep
1: can inhibit performance. Yeah, On Tuesday the 29th, nine local primary schools turned up at the Score Centre 3G pitch to take part in the National League's Girls' Cup area competition. This prestigious tournament has an ultimate prize of playing the national final at Wembley prior to the National League playoff final. And Leighton Orient will now have St John Fisher Primary School from Loughton as our representatives at the regional competition that will take place at Borehamwood FC next month. Spectators on the day included Kent Teague and Neil Taylor, and it was also really pleasing to have Leighton Orient women's team captain Danielle Griffiths dropping by to present the medals and the trophy and taking time to chat to the girls. Go on, John Fisher, it's just
0: around right the corner. Go yeah. on, Johnny F. Uh, <laughs> On Thursday, the 1st of February, Stryker Matt Harold paid a visit to his old secondary school in Woodford, Trinity Catholic High School. He met up once again with his head teacher and staff still teaching at the school from his time there and also Lovely. took part... Well, that head teacher's got to be pushing retirement. That, that is some sure. sort of substantial period of time. <laughs> um, he took time there and also took part in a QA and a with some Year 7 students who had prepared questions including memories of his time at the school. And did you know that Matt Harold's favourite subject was Drama. Interesting, and Interesting. how he deals yeah. with adversity, learn from your mistakes but believe in yourself and never give up, so great message there from Matt to the kids, Kent Teague had visited the school earlier in the term and both will return in the school later, great to see that Trinity, I remember you know going to Bill when I did, Trinity always came up in conversation, so good to see them getting that, out in the local schools. It's just I think both schools didn't, didn't like, like each other. Yeah. Uh, oh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, I can imagine now, though, that they're looking up to him given how tall he is rather Absolutely. than before when he was there. He was looking up <laughs> to them. Anyway, on Tuesday the 6th of February, David Mooney and Charlie mm. Lee were on hand to present medals to winners participating in the Norlington School Olympics Sport Day. Sports Day. This annual event takes place at Lee Valley Athletic Centre in Edmonton and Charlie was only too pleased to tell stories of the days he was an athletics champion alongside none other than Greg wow. Rutherford, Rutherford and our very own XO Sean Batt. That is our excel, I isn't I think it? so, yeah. Yeah, I'm assuming it is. Unfortunately, there doesn't seem to be any evidence on YouTube. Amazing. So, a facts on tonight's own
0: Outlook podcast. You so, you know, Matt Harold's uh, favourite subject, you know, what Charlie Lee used to do before he got into footy. And to finish off this Trust Update then, next week there's a Fio's Soccer Holiday course taking place at the Score Centre on Monday and Tuesday after half-term from 10am to 3pm. You can book this one and you're going to have to get in there quick now So, call by calling 0208. <laughs> Five five six five nine seven three, or by emailing inquiries at UK And on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, there will be multi-sport sessions from one pm till four pm. With hopefully some O's first teamers popping in to say hello on Thursday i.e. they're going to pop in on Thursday and say hello so make sure if you're going to book probably book on that one <laughs> once again contact the Trust for details and booking and these courses are for boys and girls aged 5 and upwards and there is a stadium tour for Thursday the 15th which is now fully booked so a massive thank you uh, from us to everyone at the Trust for sending that update over jam packed and you can see just how much the work the Trust are doing out in the community to
1: get that orient yeah. message out there at a time when it is needed I think that's that's two extremely good exponents of, of being a Leighton Orient fan the supporters club and the trust yeah. and the great work that they that they all do should not be underestimated it certainly, certainly isn't by us so thanks Howard for that very full rounded update yeah. so now we're moving on to any other business uh, we haven't even got on to the week that no, was yeah. yet so first of all a uh, few bits here well done to Ant Cole who won our con- competition in partnership with O's principal sponsor Energy Beck And on a signed squad Leighton Orient home shirt. So we hope you very much enjoy your prize. Put that in a nice frame. And thanks to everyone who entered. And a big thank you to Energy Bet for donating that fantastic prize.
0: Yep. And O's fan and podcast listener, Chris Richardson, who is on Twitter at CM Oriental, will be running the St Albans Half Marathon in June in aid of the Leighton Orient Trust. So Chris has got the backing of the club, including the chairman, manager and more staff, which is great to see. So you can sponsor Chris uh, by going on his Just Giving page, you can find that at www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Chris hyphen Richardson 12. We're so, struggling tonight, aren't we? A little bit, mate. The first 13 people <coughs> that sponsor Chris will have a mile named after them. So that's Chris uh, forward slash Richardson 12. and not Chris. No,
1: Chris hyphen yes. Richardson. Not oh, sorry, slash. Chris
0: hyphen Richardson. <laughs>
1: www.justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash Chris. Hyphen Richardson, twelve. Amazing. Well done, mate. Yep. Yeah. Now, uh, third point of uh, business. Really, it was. A, it was really great to meet Dave Wright last week before we started recording episode. Uh, that, that last week's episode, we were sitting in my local having some dinner with Kent uh, before the recording, and Dave came and introduced himself. And actually, collared me he did. Uh, at, at the yeah. bar. He was waiting for a bit at the same time and, and introduced himself. So um, he came over, had a chat. Thank Kent for for saving the club. So Dave, it was genuinely great to meet you. Thank you for introducing yourself, and um, you know that just goes to show you just how approachable Dave yeah. uh, um, Kent. Kent is. Yeah, yeah. And you just come up to him anywhere, and he's quite happy to. To have Talk a chat. chat. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. Brilliant. No airs and graces in that regard. Absolutely. So we also received the following message from Stephen Glynn, who is on Twitter, at Rushmore. He says, whilst we were beating Dover in a classic last week, I was marrying the love of my life and a gentleman. Over the years we have been together, she has become a committed Orient fan, and her favourite player is the beast, George Elikobi. Mate, you know you've got a keeper. You've got a keeper if you you can convince her to come and be an Orient fan. I know you've got a (laughs) keeper. She's made made me the happiest man alive, and we're looking forward to many happy years following the Orient together. So from us uh, at The Outlook, a massive congratulations to you, Hannah and Stephen. I want apt week to put this in, in, uh, an upcoming Valentine's week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And another bit of good news as well, (laughs) congratulations to X. Orient number seven, Dean Cox, as he, if you probably, um, as you probably know, if you're on social media, he's announced that he's to become a father uh, for the first time in July with his uh, partner Louisa. So, Dino, congratulations uh, to you both. Now he's going to have a tiny Cox. <sighs> <laughs> Brilliant, right? <laughs> you like it? Very good. Thank well you, done. Mate. Thank you, mate. Dino, <laughs> don't listen to him. We still love you. We um, absolutely do. Now we were looking at our listener stats earlier. We were, we sure were. And we were. I was absolutely more than pleasantly surprised about the, shall we say, diverse locations within the the uh, within planet Earth, if you like, because it's not even just a particular geographical. It's global. It really is global. And like the cities that were coming up in like Moldova and Cape Verde, like dozen eight listens or whatever in Cape Verde, like. So what we would actually like to, and I think we've done this for two or three seasons now, is to actually invite people to tweet us, take a picture of your local town or something monumental within the city or town that you live in, and just tweet us. We'd love to know who is out there, where you're listening to us. Absolutely. And just tweet us a picture, please.
0: Yeah, or if you're on holiday and you're by a national monument, i.e. Eiffel Tower or Statue of Liberty or the Leaning Tower of Pisa... And you listen to the podcast. Send us a photo of you listening to the podcast anywhere in the world, or the beach of Benalmadena, if that's your, if that's your, you, anywhere in the world, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to see where you are listening. So please get in contact and let us know. So I think it's about time now. We move on now. It's a, lot new, a lot of new, lot of business. It is, yeah, it is. some fantastic right. news coming out of the Orient fan base. Lovely to hear.
1: Lovely to see. The week that was. Okay, Monday the 5th of February. <laughs> the draw for the quarter-finals for the FA Trophy took place live on Talksport 2 at 1pm. And we were drawn at home. And we've got either Gateshead or Maidstone United to be played on the 24th of February. Now, we've written that, obviously, at the time... We'll come onto it later, but obviously we all know now it's Gateshead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So following this, at five pm, club announced that the Torquay fixture that was due to be played on the Saturday the twenty fourth of February in the National League will now be played on Tuesday the thirteenth of March and will kick off at seven forty-five. So if you haven't done it already, amend that on your personal calendars or whatever. And make sure you are around on the thirteenth of March for the Torquay
1: match. Charlie Barker returned to the Orient following his loan spell at Wingate and Finchley. As they tweeted at Charlie Barker 17 has returned to parent club late Norian FC. Charlie made seven appearances since joining in December and we wish him the best of luck in future. Yeah, it's good to have Charlie back and let's see if he goes back out on loan again.
0: And this won't be the last time in this episode that we hear about a tweet from Wingate and Finchley
1: who are going to crop up just a bit more in this
0: week's podcast.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there was a fans forum on Monday evening. If you'll recall, the club um, put out on all social media that they were looking for further fan engagement and look to get small groups, uh, focus groups to discuss fan experiences and match day experiences and likes and dislikes. Uh, and what they can do to help make things better for everybody. But um we've got an interview with Danny Macklin who is the CEO and he was in charge of that and we're gonna come to that yeah. later on. Looking and forward have to a that discussion one discussion about that. Yeah, yeah I've
0: not heard that one either yet so no Tuesday the sixth of February, opponents in the quarterfinals of the FA trophy as Paul alluded to were decided as Gateshead and Maidstone replayed their match with Gateshead coming out on top 3-0. So it means Gateshead will be visiting Brisbane Road, the macro football on Saturday 24th of February to play for a place in the semi-finals of the FA Trophy. To be fair, there's probably easier ties we could have got than that in terms of Gateshead. But if we beat Gateshead, I think the only other team in the National League uh, in the FA Trophy will be Bromley if they get through their tie. So, you know, if we beat Gateshead, and I'm sure we will... get through their
1: tie? Didn't they win?
0: Bromley, yeah. But if they get through their quarter-final tie to get in the semi-final draw... um, but I'm still convinced we're going to win the FA Trophy. Remember where you heard yeah, it first. Yeah, yeah. You said
1: it a few weeks yeah. ago. If we draw that game at uh, at home to Gateshead, I believe it will go to a replay. It's not going to be settled on the night, unfortunately, which would mean another fixture midweek fixture, yeah. and it would be a long trip up to up to Gateshead. And the Quar semis are a two-legged affair yes, anyway, they are, yes. so. Uh, Plenty of games uh, coming up if we make it far enough. So Wednesday the 7th of February then, uh, at 4.30 in the afternoon, the club announced the signing of ex orion Academy player Sam Ling for an undisclosed fee on a -a two-and-a-half-year contract from Dagenham and Redbridge. And Justin Edinburgh uh, spoke about signing Sam and you have that. Yeah, he said, During the January transfer
0: window, I identified players who I thought would benefit the club this season, but more particularly next season. Sam was high up on my list and had attracted interest from football league clubs, so we delighted to bring him back to the club. As Sam is the son of of our director of football, Martin Ling, it was decided that Martin was to remove himself from the decision, which was ultimately made by me
1: in consultation with the board. Yeah, and Nigel Travis uh, was quoted as saying, Naturally, this is a very delicate decision involving many angles, both personally and from a football perspective. We are ambitious for success, and Justin convinced us that Sam would considerably strengthen our squad. Martin understands and agrees that he will stay removed from all decisions involving Sam while he remains at the club. And there's a quote from Sam Ling as well. What did Sam yeah, have to so say? Yeah, so Sam went on uh, Twitter and yeah. uh, done a message via notes. He
0: mentioned Dagley and Redbridge, but on Orient, he'd said, I'd like to say how excited I am to start a new challenge at Orient, a massive club with a bright future and unbelievable fans. Can't
1: wait to get started and get this club back to where it belongs. Yeah, Sam has been first choice at Dagenham and Redbridge, but in my opinion, will he be first choice here? and who would make way for him to be that first choice clearly good at this level and this is probably the first of many players to leave Dagenham due to their main investor pulling funding and it guts me to see that there's another club that's likely yeah. to be um, in in great difficulty and I feel for John Steele and all the hard work he's done to get them to where he, where they are now um, what's his name joined Bora, rejo- Morgan Ferrier I don't know rejoined, their names but yeah it joined Borroward, Borroward, Wood, Scott Doe is it Scott Doe got left released? by mutual consent but yeah. I think that's not footballing reasons he's got right. Okay. personal problems I read so but it seems like unfortunately things are unravelling there but welcome home Sam good to have you in the squad and you know it, it adds to Justin's two, Absolutely. Posi- two people for every position. Yeah Your for me, views?
0: didn't expect another signing uh, this season so I was pleasantly surprised uh, to be honest good pedigree at this level getting good reviews I think he, he got called up for England C. He did. Which is good he uh, and he's still very young obviously 19 we or 20. because he was around the youth but in you know, he's spent a year or two away, come back. So, still a great age. He knows Widowson, obviously, from playing with McDaggleham last
1: season. And uh, we have acted very quickly to sign him. So, this looks like a shrewd capture. So, yeah. very happy with that one. I also like, and I didn't mention it, was the fact that they've taken Martin out of the equation um, jointly, obviously. And so, yeah. therefore, it's done purely for the right reasons and not because it's Martin's son. Do you know what I yes, mean? Because yeah, yeah. you could see that there could be an awkward. Oh, yeah. Um an awkward situation developing there absolutely. you know he's got he's got an inj- obviously a personal interest it's in it's Sam, it's so, yeah absolutely so Matty LOFC Evans tweeted us and said anyone who says Samling isn't a good signing needs their head testing looked great for Dagenham this season and scored a few in the process quality signing at LFC Chess there's nothing against Judd but I would have Ling over both of our right backs easily
0: one of the best in the division and I would definitely start him from now on and let Judd go on loan. Just a quick one what I remember, when I was walking home yesterday, I was on my phone when I was going across the uh, players car park driveway and Miles Judd almost ran me over but he was very alert, very good driver. Uh, so but thank you Miles. You over. Thank you Miles for not kidding me. Yeah because I wasn't looking essentially I was oh, on my
1: phone. All right. Okay. So well done Milesy. Yeah okay good so it's good that he can drive. Uh, yeah. Gorillas 1985, <laughs> Judd at left-back and Ling at right-back. Caprice is more of a wing-back, forgets to defend too often. Woodison switches off too much and has cost a lot this season. Neither Caprice or Widdison are just in Edinburgh signings. Yeah, good points there. No? So it remains to be seen where
0: Sam will fit in um, to the starting <coughs> lineup or the squad, but I'm sure time will tell on that one. But we're happy to have him back at the club. So Thursday, the 8th of February, the phones were ringing. Early in the morning at Started Oregon. off early for at us, the yeah. podcast hours. They always ring early in the morning these days, as we received a few calls telling us that Nathan Mavilla would be signing for the club from Wingate and Finchley. So despite this news, no announcement was made, and the rest of the day was nice and quiet. Well, Wingate Finchley did tweet saying Nathan Mavilla had signed for late Orient, but his tweet was swiftly deleted. And as you know these days, once the tweet's
1: out there, someone can once, delete it, but as yeah, soon as someone, someone sees it... it, it yeah, It is out there. What's seen cannot then be unseen. So (laughs) they swiftly deleted that. There was also a second fans forum on Thursday night. That was due to the overwhelming response Mm. to the first evening. So we'll cover that later on in our interview with Danny. So we're going to move on to Mooney Friday. This is now the 9th of February and it turned out to be a really, really busy day. But first off, starting the day, very, very happy 70th birthday to long-time listener and tweeter to our show, Dave Boone. Yeah. We hope you had a great day and congratulations uh, on your on reaching 70th birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Dave, also the club
0: announced via the website that following a reorganisation, commercial manager Steve Dixon has left the club. On the so, 29th of January, yeah. yeah. So we wish Steve all uh, the best of luck in the future. I think you've got to you know, hold your hats off to him. He worked stage. under the previous regime yeah. and stayed, and that can't have been easy, especially running the commercial department. Which is all about reputation? It, and yeah. All
1: about kind of the way the clubs looks. Well, there so, were times when catering suppliers weren't being paid, and then oh, said they weren't. Do you remember, yeah. and they weren't turning up, and they had to go and get some cash oh, out from somewhere and go and pay a local supplier to can't, come and can't cover the fun. gallery lunches. Can't have been fun. Right, at that point. So <laughs> you know, and then they weren't getting paid. He was part of the team that weren't getting yeah. paid, and yeah, absolutely shame. But Steve, best of luck. Uh, in the future. Additionally, the club also announced that tickets for the FA Trophy quarter-final against Gateshead will be priced at just ten pounds for adults, five for concessions, and just a quid if you are under the age of 18, which is an absolutely outstanding um, deal. And Danny talked about that in our Good. interview with him. So.
0: Um, well so, played, everyone yeah. at the club. Yeah, that's fantastic. Hopefully, Brisbane will be rocking for that one. And with those prices, you know. hope so. Brilliant. You for definitely hope out. so. It's probably the club's biggest game of the season. Yeah, I would say that one. Yeah. Uh, also, the club confirmed a new E10 Superstore will open in the East Stand for Saturday's match at home to Tranmere, and will stock a variety of exciting items. Obviously. You know, We see photos of the shop, looks lovely, you know, looks clean, and another place to get your Orient FC merchandise. So, obviously, more outlets, which means they can make more money and get more merchandise sold, which is money into the club. So, yeah. fantastic
1: idea there. It's a space that wasn't being used. You might yeah. have to use it for something. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Wingate and Finchley put out the following tweet at 4 o'clock in the afternoon that said... They can confirm that Nathan Mavilla has left the club and will be joining a National League side next week. We are proud to have developed a player that has garnered huge interest from numerous clubs who will move up two divisions. Good luck for the future, Nathan. Very interesting that they put that out. Yeah, very interesting. Having deleted something previously. Lovely. You can can tell that media guy's just itching to kind of get more out, isn't he? He's like, between. Well, the deal hasn't been done because our club haven't confirmed that all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed in the right places for us to then be able to announce it. As far as they're concerned, they've agreed to let him go to us, but we haven't
0: haven't done our final bit. So once they have done, Elliot and the team will then announce it. Yeah, and then at half past six, so a very busy day, and it wasn't finished yet, it was announced that Freddie Moncur has left the club by mutual consent. So we wish Freddie (laughs) uh, all the best for the future. For me, it's a shame we never got to see more of Freddie, really. He came back in the summer on a one-year deal, but has rarely featured... um, Shame to see him go. You know, he's not obviously been able to get in the team ahead of Lawless, Clay, Charlie Lee. Although he's been out injured, Ever Adams, Oching. So, you know, but he's been out loan. I think he's done quite well. I think where he was at previously, I think Bishop Stortford, a spell earlier in the season, he done quite well. So. I think he'll have no problems finding uh, yeah. another club so you know, fair play to Freddie and we wish him the bow-tied legend all the best
1: yeah that's what I thought when I first read that I thought oh he's not going to be wearing a bow-tie this season's <laughs> star that. mandibles but yeah but I, I do agree with you but successive managers have overlooked him yeah and I wonder why that is good point it's not just one that's overlooked him there's several yeah. and granted they probably weren't in the best of circumstances but nonetheless yeah agree Additionally, Agreed. it was also announced that Sam Sargent has joined XO Sammy Moore at Leatherhead on loan, while Charlie Barker, who was recalled earlier in the week, uh, has gone out on loan, as has Andrew Camillo Tayaka, and they've joined Evo Stick Southern League Division One East Side Northwood FC on loan. So good luck to all of those boys who are out on loan. Yeah, it seems like Leatherhead is becoming a good
0: uh, a good place for young those players to learn their trade. Uh you know, Sam uh, joins Aaron Pollock. Yep. Satoru, remember, who's yeah. doing very well online at the club, so he scored goals, is not he? Raw, doing really well. So, yeah. he's Pollock, Pollock got nominated for their Play of the Month along really? with Sean Claherty, really? He really did, yeah. It's, it's like it's like a Berkshire mate, orient, like, isn't it? Like, it's <laughs> like orient, yeah, it really is. Um, but it'd be a great experience for Sam to play under uh Sammy Moore. Uh, Sammy, it's basically Sammy Moore's mates, but good footballers Jack Midson, yeah, Sean Claherty, if you're the orient youth, and I'm sure Sammy's got other players in there who he knows, but.
1: You know, he's doing a fantastic job, so what about to Samuel, I may continue. Well, three out of the back five are Orient, then, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? Goal, right back, centre back. Yeah, excellent. Goal, okay. Right, OK. Uh, Saturday the 10th of February, then, the club announced the renaming of the hospitality suites at Brisbane Road, with the gallery now being renamed the Legends Lounge, with the stairwell wallpaper showing iconic O's players from over the years, whilst the Olympic suite will now be referred to as the 1881 suite after the, cl- the year the club was founded and you I didn't go out that way on Saturday you I did. went out by the gallery and the uh, the wallpaper looks fantastic
0: on the stairwell the one with all the ledgers on looks yeah. really good so you've probably seen it in most of the pictures on Twitter or Facebook or wherever and it looks good on there but when you actually see it in the flesh it looks wicked so well done you know that was just a white wall so really good yeah. to see the, the way jazz it up done
1: pure jazz out. up <laughs> yeah Youth team uh, result for you here. The first year, A team made up of first-year scholars and under-16s were in action. They drew 0-0 uh, with Stevenage. The under-18s were not in action yesterday. But now it's time for the main event. Yeah, the main event. So <clears throat> Trammy Rovers at home. So the team was announced with Dean, Bruin, and Goal. Back
0: 4 of Caprice, Ella Kobe, Coulson and Willerson. Midfield made up of Adams, Clay, Carome and Brophy. With Holman and Bon up front. Substitutes for this one was Granger. Happy...
1: Lawless, Reynolds and Matty Harold. Alex Lawless returned to the squad, as you'll have noticed, following suspension. Josh Caroma came in for Lamar Reynolds, who dropped to the bench. James Brophy came in for Joby McEnough, who missed out with a neck injury. And Dan Holman returned to the starting 11 in place of Matt Harold, who, as we've just mentioned, was also on the bench. And for me, I like the fact that Adams is given another chance to impress uh, and Lawless has to fight to win his place. And that's something that Justin said to me post-match. Uh, afterwards, Bond and Holman excite me, and with Brophy and Coroma on the wings, it sets itself up for a decent game. Sadly, goal of the season contender David Mooney Rudy. was not in the match day squad, so it's interesting that he can get rest and they can rotate, and we've got those yeah. people that can just come on and do a job when 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 necessary. Yeah, really, absolutely. For me, I like
0: the lineup. It was very attacking. We mentioned last week the back five yeah. was Edinburgh's first choice. Yeah, I'm obviously not sure howling fits into that as we've mentioned yeah. but I think Justin covered that in his, Vic that in his Dave Victor interview after the match recently I think it was right to put Salmon on the back of the team winning two on the bounce yeah. um, Kramer and Brophy give us mm. two dangerous and very direct wingers uh, I agree with you about Adams there Mr Levy uh, and the front two uh, and no Moody though it yeah. just seems like Would you after have had the scoring a last minute <clears throat> winner but then you could argue Held scored in that game as well so it's a bit of a tough one, but that's why Justin Edinburgh gets paid to
1: do what he does and let yep. pick the team. Yep. So we had a tweet in from D S that said Joby will be a big miss as he's been fantastic, and it's good to see Justin Edinburgh has shown faith in keeping Adams in. Yeah. So the match kicked off. It was freezing. A bit and of it's rain. Pouring with rain. Do you know
0: what? I had a Bob rule for the first time in ages. How was that? I really enjoyed it. Did you? Gotta be honest. Was it nice? It was very nice. Oh, so that warmed up the old cockle. So the match kicked off. And the first, you know, eight, nine minutes, we started brightly as Holman had two efforts. Um, a George Ellicobi headed over from a Josh Karoma free kick. So for me, Holman had a really good chance in the eighth minute. Uh, he maybe snatched it. it. took it very early. But I like the fact Holman takes his chances early. Mm. It's very instinctive. From, mm. And from what I've seen, he always does that. He doesn't kind of Ditter. take time. He doesn't dilly-dally on the ball. He's always looking for goal. And maybe if you've got a better connection, he would have... You
1: know, maybe we'll have scored but a good start for the O's I thought yesterday. yeah, and then just a couple of minutes later in the 10th minute Dean Brill was forced into action and he had to make a great save really from a Tranmere free kick so they were looking quite dangerous
0: one for the cameras though there yeah, I we, we so. both thought he could have caught yeah. it but he kind of palmed it away it said, you said something cameras say yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 17th minute Caprice who was having a very good first half especially I thought attacking down that right yeah. flank doing really well he looks a bit more confident doesn't he I think he probably thought his
1: place was probably secure as right back, but a rival Sam Ling might actually... Have upped his game. I think Actually, yeah, I need to be a bit... I think he was complacent, and with Sam now coming... That's what I mean, yes, yeah. Yeah, so I see you yeah, yeah. saying, sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's game. coming, it's yeah. like, actually, I need to, or I'm going to yeah.
0: be not even in the match day squad. But he done well, he made a good run, got past Sutton, got into a good position,
1: shot over the bar, but at this point, I thought he was doing well. Yep, just two minutes later, Brophy and Widdleson linked up well. Uh, the ball is crossed in, but unfortunately, Bond couldn't quite get there. So it's a sort of fairly good chance. Yeah, I man,
0: we mentioned Caprice. Widowson was also um, getting forward, trying to run off Brophy as well. So, you know, fair play. Both yeah, it was had, overlapping. They've both had critiques in the last couple of weeks, but they were yeah. both at least trying to go for it. 21st minute, Craig Clay picked out Brophy at the back post,
1: who attempted the volley, but I got blocked for a corner. Yeah, 24th minute, Tranmere went close through Norwood, whose touch. From Jennings's cross, nearly caught Brew out, but it just rolled wide. But was a bit of a let-off for us there. You, did you not call that as a bit of a game-changing moment? If, was that no, that point? was a second half one. I don't remember was that it? one. I can't remember that at all. But okay. uh, 28th minute, Ebo Adams struck
0: over from 25 yards. And where we sit in the south stand, it probably looked a lot closer uh, than it actually was. we were shooting to the north stand dipping, in the first half, yeah. But, you know, about Adams... Adams was having a really good half, Solid. He was winning all the second balls that he needed to win. And it's nice to have a midfielder like that because we've not seen one like that Correct. In, in, in quite a few years. He was yeah. doing well, but it was a good game developing. Both sides were attacking. It wasn't defensive at all. And you thought there'd be goals in it. Yeah. Um, and it was a good atmosphere. Tranmere fans were making a good atmosphere. Um, and we and it was nice to see us matching Tranmere. Yeah. I mean, we've seen the other teams come <clears throat> higher in the league. We've kind of played us off the park a little bit. But since
1: edinburgh has been here, much more astute and I thought we were given as good as we got I think when you get a footballing side like a bigger club where they've got the budget to buy-in, proper watching, footballers, you're more of a footy game. you will watch yeah. more end-to-end kind of kind of stuff rather than the, the slog it stuff that you get with the Boreham Woods yeah. and the Halifaxes. Uh, in the 36th minute, Adam races back to tackle. Norwood has Tramley looked to catch us on the break and as we've just said, for me, Adams was was superb. He got back just in time there because th- that guy was about to pull yeah. the trigger and he put that his one. body in. Uh, in fact, it's the one I'm thinking of.
0: Yeah, so half time was fast approaching. I think he got a bit sloppy towards the end of the half I remember saying to you like I just wanted them to get in for half time so Tramier got a corner in the 43rd minute it was swung in and from the left uh, Richie Sutton just I've not seen this back seemed to come in unmarked looked like he lost his man and had a pretty easy header unchallenged from the near post and gave Tramier the lead they think they over celebrated it a bit really um, to be fair but that was a bread and butter set piece for them literally one corner lost his man headed in could Bru have come for the corner maybe should I think he was the, marking in him? the photo that I've seen of the still, like still shot. It looks like he's pulled away from Willowson. but that's only on a photo, so I can't actually one hundred percent say it was that. It appears to be that in the photo from the Trauma website, but
1: who would normally mark a centre
0: back? I don't know. It always goes a bit. A bit it always goes in. a bit woo woo, doesn't it? Yeah. Marking, but dis- okay. a disappointing goal. I'm sure Justin will be very disappointed with that goal, considering yeah. especially so close mm. to half
1: time. Um, but there you go. One 0 down. Uh, down there. Yeah, 45th minute is almost a perfect response as Jake Priest slid in uh, Dan Holman, who dinked the ball over the keeper, but McNulty was there to head off the line, and that would have been a perfect, yeah. perfect response, wasn't it, wouldn't it? He it? It? It does well with his dink over the keeper, just not enough pace on the ball, so it was quite a, an easy yeah. head. It wasn't like he was I... sprinting back and had to throw his body on. The defender had done quite well there to make it quite, quite meticulous. And for anyone who wasn't there yesterday, if you was to see this McNulty fella for Tranmere, you would think, how is that guy playing at the level he's playing? He looks like an absolute pub player uh, because of his stature, but he reads the game so very, like very well. One of the
0: best players on the pitch. And like we were saying, you don't in that league, you don't have to be you know, exceptionally most technically gifted. Technically gifted. Yeah. He was just reading the ball and he was always there. Yeah, he he's just knew where he was going in. to be. Very clever player. So two minutes of added time were played, and Orient going 1-0 or down at half-time. So decent first off, I enjoyed that. Um, Trammer well drilled and disciplined. I can see what they are around the top of the table. And I've put McNulty yeah. reading the game superbly. I mean, he's marking Bond, he who's what, 21 years old, and 18 goals, yeah,
1: running ragged, and kept Bond quiet. Yeah, you know Bond didn't really get a sniff in those 45 minutes. Yeah, that's it. They played it tight at the back. And I thought going in 1-0 down was... At half-time was a shame, really, because we've had more possession, but haven't been dangerous enough with yeah, what we've I had. Could, yeah. So they've had they had very few chances, but the ones they had were better than yeah. the ones that we had. Yeah. So attendance was four thousand six hundred and thirty-one with seven hundred and forty uh, away fans. Slightly lower attendance than than what we would normally yeah. get. I mean, obviously, um, it's half time Saturday. Well, it's half time. So maybe if your family's away, it was fr- it was a horrible day. Yeah, yeah, if I you were think thinking something. about going as a casual, you think no, sod it, I'll stay in and listen. Yeah, either on the radio or sit indoors and with a cup of tea. Yeah, West Ham
0: was at home. I wonder if that affected the attendance. I would have thought so, but oh, you never know. know. Second half kicked off with no subs for the O's and Tramir came straight out of the blocks under Kobe. He wasn't having his best game. Uh, was caught out in the 46 minute and he basically let Norwood go clean through and he had a one on one. And luckily for us, Norwood shot high, very high over the bar. Was but that
1: f- was that his salmon header?
0: no that was completely different the salmon header was just completely unrelated just an air header <laughs> yeah. but I thought Brill stood up well and made himself hard to beat and you've got to give him credit there for Norwood shooting over but that was a game changing moment I said to you I said if that goes in it's 2-0 and we're done for it yeah I remember but, you saying you know, that and I thought after that we well, might come back into this now because that really should have been game set a match to Trammear
1: but luckily it wasn't 52nd yeah. minute Trammear were pay- made to pay for yeah. that miss as we got the equaliser, Caprice's low cross to bomb was saved by Davis before hot Dan Holman poked the ball over the line to draw us level. Do you mean, or in the Podcast, HomeKit sponsored Dan Holman? And Boots sponsored, and Boots Dan, sponsored Dan Holman. Yeah. I do mean that.
0: Very, very man. I thought I was happy for yeah. Holman to score his first goal. I did not think that wasn't going in, and again, he see it back. He struck it, and I think it has gone well wide. And the keeper sticked his leg out, and it kind of slowly trickled into the back of the net. It kind of caught, it kind of nutmegged him a little bit because I thought it, did, it yeah. under his body and between his legs. It was fantastic to see, uh, fantastic. Uh, that He gets his first goal, and you know at this point, Brisbane Road was absolutely rocking, and we were
1: level. Yes, we absolutely were. Um... In the fifty-fifth minute, full of confidence from poking home at a goal just three minutes earlier, Dan Holman tried his luck with a cheeky little chip, but their goalkeeper comfortably saved it. Holman looked like a different player, didn't yeah. it? he? After he scored one, looking up, trying to look shoot at it every but, you they know, just said, look at him, he just wants he's shooting at every chance he
0: got. That's what strikers right, do though, know, isn't it? As soon as they get a goal Gold, full of confidence yeah. and like we said before on the podcast, as soon as he gets one hopefully more will follow yeah. straight after. So over the next kind of three minutes, we gained much more confidence. We were putting Tram under pressure. Karamu was getting a bit more involved into the game. He had an effort blocked and Caprice then held an effort that just went wide, which was a good effort. So we were, at this point, we were making all the running and kind of looking at the team who would go and take the lead at this point if any team was going
1: to do that. Yeah. And Kobe put his body on the line to block a shot in the 60th minute. I thought, despite some of the... Um, dodgy moments. Let's yeah. shall we say, you know, he was still putting a shift in. Yeah, and then welcome to the Dean Brill show as he made three <laughs> brilliant
0: saves in just over three minutes. So, you know, 67th minute, he gets first called into action as he denies Cook in a one v one, and at this point, we're thinking he's going to score. This, yeah, but he made that was made game changing. Yeah, made a great save. Dean in the 70th minute. Somehow he got a fingertip to a shot uh, and he managed to push it onto the post, which was a fantastic save. And from the following corner, he denied Norwood again for point blank rage. So, Dean Brule, what a man. Properly earned his money, didn't he, that week? He did, he Properly did. Properly earned his money. He did, he was fantastic. So, yeah. well done, Dean Brule, because, you know, any, any one of those goals would have been a decent goal, but he's made three
1: superb saves. Yeah. And what a huge let-off that was for us. Dean Brewer saved us so many points. Uh, over the course of the time that he's been in goal for us. I've actually lost count. Perhaps the our unofficial stato at Matt Bristow yeah. knows how many points stato, Dean it has gotta be a few. Helped us keep. It's yeah got to be absolutely a few. A double substitution in the seventy fourth minute as Ella Kobe was replaced by Happy. Yeah, so to say it wasn't his best game, but as Justin said post match, I think today victory so yeah, he's he did. played a lot in a short space of time considering the Lengthy layoff he's had and how heavy the pitch is, so fair to say that it was he was being managed there. Yeah, I mean, it's unlike George, you know, I guess it's just probably his first
0: proper off date in an orient shirt, yeah. Everyone has him, yeah. You know, we've already mentioned the salmon header, but I'm not gonna, you know. To tell that of George's face because it was kind of <laughs> squashy you with it. There was bicycle. one point
1: where one of the tramming was trying to out muscle George. Yes, hilarious. just, like literally just fell off him, just fell off the back of George. Because so, they were racing for the ball yeah. together and the guys tried to barge into George and George has gone,
0: nah. It's a well played no, Georgia boy. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Reynolds came on to replace Brophy. Now we thought he
1: would have played, replaced Corona. Corona. But replaced Brophy. He did, and that, the reason for that was because James Brophy hasn't had much game time since he left us and went back to Swindon either. So it's sensible to manage him back in properly as well. We don't want to injure people. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's well worth listening to Dave Victor's uh, (coughs) post-match interview uh, with Justin as well because a lot of questions that came up after the match probably answered in in Dave uh, Victor's interview. But for me, Brophy was superb, especially in the second half where he was really getting at them and running at their defence and driving them. I thought he was really good. And in the 78th minute, Alex Lawless came on to replace Adams, again, who I thought was fantastic, really happy with Adams, and I hope we can keep him fit because he could be a massive... Um, Playing for us
1: uh, throughout the season. Yeah, and it's because, as it, it turns out, that he was on a yellow, so I didn't want him to get another yeah. booking. Just five minutes after Alex Lawless came on, he got booked for a foul on Jennings, and I have to say. I don't believe that was a foul, but there was some long protracted conversations with the referee, making points here and there. And sometimes you've got to shut up and walk away whether you agree with the ref or not. It's not worth then potentially getting into an embroiled argument and then getting a second yellow because you say something in the heat of the moment out of frustration. So, um, yeah, a bit of a shame that, but that's his 11th booking of the season. Yeah. Bloody hell, yeah. So moving on in, in the game, approaching
0: uh, its final stage. So in the 90th minute, bit of a scramble on the box. Holman <coughs> had a shot, got blocked by Sutton through his body in the way to deny um, Holman. And Holman had called out well, but that was definitely
1: hitting the target. Yeah. That was a nice clean strike there. Three minutes of additional time were added. Yeah, and in 91st plus 90th plus one minute, Jake Caprice's low cross was cut out by Davies in the Tranmere goal. Yeah, and in the 92nd minute, Bill doing what he does
0: best he made another outstanding save to deny Cook who kind of was just running with it and he kind of got back and forth back and forth and then he managed to get himself a couple of seconds time and you're he thinking he's going to strike this please don't score but Bro made a great save um, and that was the last chance of the game uh, as full time whistle went signaled the end of a really exciting game which I really enjoyed actually which shows gained a valuable point with a valiant battle so after the match our own bearded legend was lucky enough to catch up with Mr Edinburgh to discuss the match and here's what Justin had to say
1: Justin, a one-all draw against a really, really strong side under no illusions that obviously it was going to be a tough test are you pleased with the, with the one-all
2: result? Yeah, I, I think with some credit to the players I think the game was a keenly competitive, full-out draw I suppose both sides filled had chances maybe to have won it um, but I think against a team that I think I've been there at thereabouts in the end of the season uh, I'm, I'm really pleased with the performance and the result today and
1: is it always a bit gutting to go in 1-0 down just on the stroke of half time to concede that sort of goal as well
2: yeah it changes it changes uh, the, your team talk. the way it does change that it changes the dynamics of the game you know I think we were we were on the front foot I think we played the majority of the, the game in their, their half and it allows them to to make and played the game differently, you know. Maybe so. Yeah, it was disappointing, and, and certainly the manner that we conceded.
1: And second half much stronger. We thought, uh, sitting in the south stand watching, uh, and a much better outing. And
2: Dan Holman getting on the score sheet for us today as well. Yeah, pleased with Dan. I think probably in other games he's he's deserved his goals, but it hasn't come. You know, probably not his best in, in general play today but he, he gets off the mark and, and that'll do him no harm and uh, I thought the two wide boys for us today in Coroma in, in and Brophy were always a threat as well and um, yeah, certainly for his first start Brophy he's not played for a long while, not a lot of games tired and at the end but um, you know, a lot more to come and, and exciting and a standout player for us was Evel Adams yeah. In on everything. Well, he's he's been terrific. You know, for a young man, he's, he's showing real maturity. Again, another one who's not played a lot of football, so we're mindful of that. On a yellow card, just thought we'd bring out our laurels on to see the game out. So, it's a lot of lot of strong performances, and that's what we're getting from this squad now. No one, no one can be complacent. No one's. Uh, place is safe in the team and, and that's how you want it as a manager. That's exactly how you want it and uh, the, the, the tests
1: get just as tough you've got next week you're away at Ford, and then up there you still got Chester so
2: lots to consider? Yeah, lots to consider a lot of football to play um, but obviously on the added that we've got a very good squad to pick from. Thank you very much. Good Thank night. You. Cheers. Right.
1: Just, I should have said before we put that recording in that there aren't a swarm of bees or wasps or anything that have suddenly moved into Brisbane Road. They were mowing the lawn, uh, the pitch rather, but it was quite muddy so I don't know exactly what they were. They were straight,
0: the groundmen were straight on it, weren't they? So yeah. I think they were just make, like trying to repair uh, all like the mud cracks that had started seeping through. But two things about the interview. Go on. Firstly, I like what Justin says about complacency. Like, no one can afford to be complacent really good yeah secondly mate that was like a professional interview I'm that getting was in time, mate well done very right. well done mate. getting some good practising so thank you to Elliot uh, and, uh, for letting us obviously get the interview thank yeah. you to Justin for making time uh, to interview uh, Paul so league table that draw meant the O's are now 17th in the National League. So We have played 32, one nine, drawn nine, lost 14 with a goal difference of minus seven and 36 points. So, Bearded Legend, your views on yesterday?
1: Would have taken a draw before, yeah. the ball, before a ball was even kicked, to, to be honest with you. I thought that was a very good performance, like Justin said. I think we looked purposeful and dangerous when we were going forward. Little shaky defensively today. One or two not on top form. Passes going astray and dithering on the ball. But otherwise, two fantastic wins in our previous games. I'm really really happy with the progress we've made under Justin in his 10 games is in that charge. Well, wow. yeah. okay. Yeah, I um, have to say while the pitch isn't great, it is a huge improvement on the state it's been in before and just to clarify that's because there wasn't the investment in the pitch during the summer due to you know who. Colin is, yeah, yeah, that name that hasn't been mentioned on this podcast. Colin is doing a tremendous job, yeah, uh, given the circumstances. And again, congratulations and thank you to the supporters' club who donated um, that aerator yeah. piece of equipment that's been used all over the pitch. And you could genuinely see how much how better the pitch looked, although it is it still isn't right. It will get ripped up in well, it's the got summer. Two weeks now, isn't it? To the next one. So hopefully, yes, they can uh, make, 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 it, it make it better. Your better views?
0: Now. Yeah, a well fought point cool. against tough opposition. Thought we started well, looked lively in the first half, but got a bit sloppy around half hour and I sensed the training goal was coming and like I said um, that turning point for me was just after half time when their forward should have really made it 2-0 and he didn't. I thought for me that was a turning point. Yeah. Um, Coleman's goal chuffed for him looked a different player after the goal properly getting involved and having a few efforts here and there. Brill superb brilliant saves. Caprice thought had a good game as did Widowson. Like we've said now, I think they're going to have to fight for their places, um, which they might have been complacent about before. Yeah. Um, Brophy, I thought, carried the ball really well. Like you know, that Justin said that was his first game in a while. I thought Brophy was excellent. Adams was great. And a day to get there for George. But the point, like you said, we would have taken beforehand. So very happy with that.
1: Yeah, and they, they didn't look... I, sa- I think I said to you at one point, or I certainly thought to myself at one point, you wouldn't have told which team Those was wouldn't. at the top and which team yeah, was near the bottom agreed. in that. Agreed. Uh, the, the, the margins were... We very, very slight there, so um, you can everybody can tell the progress we 've made with justin yeah. so those were our views your views we always get a huge amount of feedback after a match, so thank you to everybody. Who's, um, who's messaged us on our social media accounts. Uh, and again, we do try and read out as many as we possibly can. Uh, and obviously, just because we read them, it doesn't mean we agree with them. But at Sam underscore Billings 786 tweeted us and said, take that all day long. We are improving week by week. At Orient Meat Prices, I'll take that, especially
0: as Brill made some great
1: stops. A good point today. At El Coado said, I'll take that. This time a few months ago, letting in one normally led to a second and a third. But we showed good determination there to come back and get a point against one of the favourites for promotion. Yeah, Steve Jones one seven seven. It was a really tense game, but bizarrely enjoyable as both teams went
0: for the win. A draw, probably a fair uh, result, though. Uh, even though Dino made some really important saves with a matter of match performance. I thought when we got the ball in the box from wide positions, we looked
1: threatening. The long ball through the middle was bread and butter for their centre
0: half. good point there.
1: Yeah? yeah, fair result uh, as neither team deserved to win. Although Caprice and Willison showed why Edinburgh. Sorry, Edinburgh has brought in new players for their positions. Thought they were very poor at times, said oh. Atlen M4. Yeah, at one six is a fair result in the end. Strange subs apart from a poor George performance. Brophy and Adams
0: were playing really well, so don't understand why they were replaced. So hopefully that interview with Justin has kind of made it clear. Uh, Tramie's goalie was time-wasting, even at 0-0. Yeah, he was. That was
1: terrible. Yeah, I was, find that embarrassing. Yeah. Well, genuinely find that embarrassing sorry go on I for want to story. say glad he screwed up for our equaliser
0: yeah nice own goal from the leg there but I'm sure Holman will claim that and he will get that because it was never on goal wasn't it yes
1: it was at Grangers underscore zero one said Dean Brew is my man of the match what a performance from him. Great to see more of Brophy and Holman. Thought they both did well. Clear that a win was wanted by both teams, but thought a draw was a fair result in the end. At LOFC
0: 1978 it says, Lucky to get a point. Tranmere very wasteful in the final third. Still a long way from being a force in this division. Need plenty of new blood in the summer. That's a bit of a, an off piece one there. Most people are very happy.
1: It's an alternative view, yeah. yeah. At Orient Sphincter said, Tranmere are the best team in this league. Thought we matched them quite well and deserved the point. No more, no less. Impressed by Brophy and Holman in particular. Yeah, those two. Who good, so were we. The yeah. yeah, Tommy X velo So it's a good game to watch.
0: And once again, we perform well against a team challenging for promotion. Improvement across the team is showing game by game. Pleased for Holman. And it was good to see two teams actually trying to win the game as... Opposed to
1: run the clock down, and yeah. Just time except waste for their goalkeeper, yeah. absolutely. At Orient Fan TV said a well earned point today. There were some very scary moments throughout the game for the O's defense today, though, and we could have easily lost the game. Good to see Holman score as well. Thought Brill was man of the match. Another point closer to where we want to end up.
0: At Innie, at, at Ian Mannie, Renee Johnson is a decent point. Brophy, Woodhouse, and Holman and Adams all were very good. Kremmen ineffective and he's to try and beat a man rather than looking to pass.
1: Yeah at London Gary W said A fair result against the well drilled side Adams and Brewer my vote for man of the match At times the final ball on the attack was just off On another day we could have scored Yeah good point
0: Jack Coates 14 says We were good today Brewer made some decent saves to keep us in it Defence were decent and Holman's got to take his chances when he gets them Kramer should have come off instead sort of Brophy, he did not offer much But
1: overall happy with the point Bradley Ackers 95 said Boring first half but great end to end second half we looked the better team second half and could've nicked the points. Brill did make some crucial saves, but if our final ball was a bit better, we could have won three or four one, I think.
0: Yeah, a few comments about like the final Fair ball, point, yeah. yeah. Paul underscore L T two P. So is a tough game on a heavy pitch, but we battled. Trammy were well organised and either team could have won. I wish we wouldn't keep giving the ball away in dangerous areas. Yeah, good point there. There was a few there was a few routines with a few strong yeah. prices, but from the defence it was leading from pressure then. Uh, from
1: Tranmere you know we were lucky to survive a few of those yeah at El Hangle said considering how they're near the top I wasn't that impressed by them shows how easy this league can be though if you have characters experience good support and a little bit of quality up top at Orient unscore later says it looked to me as though like Tranmere just
0: wanted the point they didn't move the ball around that well we yet again created good chances and should have taken all three points the ref was shocking and happy that we are making the gap bigger from relegation I thought the ref was okay actually I did as well there was one point where he let play go on and he came
1: back and cautioned one of the Tramir players I thought was a really good call actually. Yeah, did. yeah. I didn't think it was that bad he's, he's not the worst we've had by any means at Essex Biz said happy with the result against the form team in the league work still to be done with the back four but going forward we look a threat and full of goals kids kid
0: Samson says thought it was a decent game considering the cont- ...and the draw was the fair result. Second half was the
1: best I've seen Wooderson have in an Orient shirt. Bond looks like he could do a rest sooner rather than later. Pandemonium1881 said draw about the right result. Decent enough game with both sides having chances to win it... ...as the game opened up in the last half hour. Individual defensive mistakes cost us a win... ...but a point against a well-drilled and compact tram mirror is fine. Good point. Yeah,
0: good point. Now, Orient's ball bag says overall a solid team performance... ...passing by some of the players does need addressing... Brill, man of the match with three, three top-draw saves. Brophy was excellent and a constant friend. Adams is a powerhouse in midfield and fights for every ball.
1: And Others should take note of his distribution. Yeah, I agree. Spot-on comment that. Stephen Orient tweeted in saying, I've been all, all, overall pleased with Alex Lawless. However, yesterday when he came on, he was very unprofessional. A stupid foul followed by a lot of dissent, then blocking a free kick. Could and should have been sent off. I didn't spot that, but fair play there. That's yeah, only one on team.
0: It says, rode our luck for once. We could have lost or won it. Brill solid again. Brophy, Bonham, Harman, all Day. as has been more than match Tranmere, who had no falls at this level, which shows the improvement under Justin Edinburgh. On another point, McNulty... He's so overweight, but
1: how good is he? Yeah, yeah that's great what well, I already mentioned, yeah. Dave Danu gets the final word this week. He says, another team in the top half will have come down and haven't looked all that. I haven't been to a game since Chester at home and seen just how much we've improved under Edinburgh. Onwards and upwards, up the O's. Yeah, great final word there from Dave. So do you agree or disagree with any of the tweets we've read out? So those were all
0: tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at Orient Outlook or
1: by emailing us at Orient Outlook at Outlook. Yep. Yeah, so prediction league. Uh, well done to Perry three eight two uh, at Layton Ori at Record Blue App uh, at Wings Mad at Stephen Orient who all predicted one one. But special props goes to Bucko five five one Ian K Richardson Flood at Floodgates at Les underscore Bristow who all tweeted one uh, predicted one one. But also with Holman to score. So you all get. The bonus points, so congratulations to you all.
0: Yeah, it means top of the league in the prediction league. The first place Bill underscore Johnson UK on 23 points, and second, Norton Gamps on 18 points, and third place at WingsMad on 17 points. So thanks for all your predictions and keep your eyes open for midday next Saturday for the next round of the prediction league. So moving on into today, Sunday, 11th of February, Jake Caprice was named in the team in a week in the non-league paper. So, well done there to Jake. Uh, interestingly, Dean Brill not selected, so must have been a hell of a performance
1: from the other keeper who did get selected. Yeah, and interestingly that Jake did get in yeah. when... I guess it was his cross that led to yeah. to the goal, but arguably, yeah, strange one. The ladies' match against Norwich City was cancelled due to a waterlogged pitch. An ex-O's manager
0: and friend of the podcast, Russell Slade, leaves Grimsby by mutual consent. So... You know, we wish Russell Slade all the best. He's absolutely. got no hair. When we still don't care. We still love him we here. We still absolutely love him. So earlier today, Paul was very uh, lucky to speak to Leighton Orient CEO Danny Macklin about kind of the future plans for Orient, about fan engagement and about everything really. So here is what Danny Macklin had to say to Paul earlier today.
1: Yeah, it's just 10 minutes. So really interesting. Oh, sorry, so it's let
2: us just rewind This is yeah. the uh,
0: tenure of a live podcast. So again... <laughs> Danny MacLinn speaking to Paul earlier today.
1: Danny, thank you very much indeed uh, for giving up some time uh, this evening. Uh, Really appreciate you coming on and making your Orient Outlook podcast uh, debut with us. Uh, I guess um, for those uninitiated or those not aware, perhaps if you could give us a a brief uh, sort of overview of your background and sort of how you came to being at Leighton Orient. Yeah, thank you very
0: much for having us on. Um, uh, just under um, three months since I now joined, I went through a sort of a period of, of notice uh, with previous employers, Southland United. Uh, spent two, just over two years there in a uh, commercial role as well as picking up some of the responsibilities in absence of a uh, permanent CEO. Uh, and then prior to that, I spent eight years uh, marketing and commercial uh, director uh, for, as it sounds, rough, So uh, stayed within the area. And uh, the opportunity arose uh, later on mm-hmm. in the summer, shortly after takeover in June
1: and it was an opportunity that uh, didn't take much persuasion uh, for the, the future that the club's got. We obviously are where we are in terms of big structure, uh, but very much the plans are very much to... Uh, get out of this league as, as soon as we possibly can, but to uh, actually put smiles back on the fans' faces and become, uh, t- take pride in what we're doing uh, on and off the pitch and uh, every fan, every sponsor, absolutely everyone associated with the community can once again be proud of that uh, sports based and one of your remits, sort of, here is around um, sort of increasing um, sort of income um, into the club, isn't it? And, and you recently put out a commercial brochure, which was sort of pretty comprehensive about what sort of companies can you know what, what's available for sponsorship. Tell us a bit more about sort of the ideas behind that, and, and a little bit more about that brochure. Yeah, my sales and marketing team have been working on that behind the scenes
0: for the last uh, few weeks. so a bit work to get to that stage. Uh, we're delighted with the outcome and we're now reaching out to companies, not just locally, which is what in the past we may have been resorting to, but now we want to reach out to as much as we can to London-based companies, to national brands, and with connections that people like Kent and Nigel and other board directors have. We can have that
1: discussion uh, at senior level with some major uh, international brands. We very much want to make sure that we are driving income forward and at the same time we're doing that so that we can invest it further into the playing side of things. So for those perhaps that may not have seen it, currently the roof space is available for sponsorship, front of shirts, shorts? Yeah, there's a number of elements that we're doing, literally ranging things pounds all the way up to so stadium naming rights and, and shirt sponsorship. Uh, so we've, we've got absolutely everything for every budget, and we believe with our uh,
0: extensive fan base and digital following, and all the media interest we've got, we provide a very good, unique proposition as London's second oldest professional club. Uh, yes, as you mentioned about the uh, the roof sponsorship, and that's one area that we're looking at. We are on that. One of the flight paths for Heathrow and at least one or two of the flight paths in London City, uh, I watched out of the the office uh, literally only at the start of the week and counted about 15 planes within about two or three minutes and that appears an opportunity, it's an opportunity
1: that Brentford certainly took, uh, was obviously there on very much on Heathrow's flight path and if uh, we can make use of an asset that's not been used before, again that can only drive income forward to uh, once again uh, fill fill the coffers so that we can uh, very much invest in the playing side. And has there been any early expressions of interest? Yeah, it does, it does take time to obviously do that, but yeah, we certainly have, and uh, been pleasantly surprised by the response we've had and the ongoing discussions over the next uh, few weeks or months or so with those uh, brands we mentioned, as well as a number of local companies that assume the opportunity to, uh, yeah, to, to experience part of one, join us on that journey, uh, and that's, you know, again, local companies very much uh, from, the, from the one-man perspective uh, Plumber, all the way up to these multinational companies, is an exceptionally interesting time and exciting time to be involved in the club. Absolutely. Um, so, earlier on in the week, then, um, there were, or oh, actually previous to that, there was an email and, and sort of notice put out about a fans group. T- tell us about, tell us a bit more about that, Danny, and, and tell us a little bit more about the two meetings that were had last week. Yeah, myself and the board have got a, a vision for how we want to take things forward and again, growing incomes, but at the same time restoring that pride as much as we can and even growing it even further amongst the fan base. Whilst we've got those strategies, vision, and objectives we very much want to make sure that we are listening to the most important people love obviously it sounds like a
0: cliche, but the most important people are the fans. So I decided to hold uh, two focus groups and with the interest we had with over 100 people we could have had four or five uh, last week we had two very, very uh, exciting and interesting focus groups of about a dozen or so attended each one on Monday and Thursday, what was absolutely excellent. Whilst there were common themes, many of which we've already got in our planning, but there were so many new ideas that we were, whilst we're not going back to the drawing board, we very much want to uh, perhaps tinker. As well as introducing new ones, and it was great between the two groups that so whilst there were similarities, there were also points of difference that we could uh, we could explore between the two groups. So it uh, was it was something that we want to do regularly. We, we said we will meet with that group again uh, around about the start of the season, the end of the school holidays, but also invite other
1: focus groups on later on in this season. It's something that we felt really not just. Yeah. Quite a lot to uh, to add to your uh, to-do list, it seems to be a, a bit of a growing uh, to-do list there for you, but for those that were unsuccessful in their application last time, or for those that may have missed it, is it sort of a bit of a closed door now that that's your 24 that you're going to go with again, or might there be opportunities for other people to, to also put their views and thoughts forward? Absolutely, definitely. It's twofold. That so, in addition to the Yorker's get-together, so to speak, we'll be hosting a number of other focus groups the end of the season, and myself and the rest of the team and the board directors as well, we're very much an open door policy. If there are suggestions, comments, improvements, absolutely everything, however small or large, to improve that uh, fan experience, match stand non-match day, then uh, we're all very much contactable. Includes myself, email, phone, or in person. We make a point of walking around the ground several times, and uh, we're in and out of bars and concession stands throughout. Uh, we've got a number of improvements we plan on making we've literally just commissioned a new ticketing system uh, and CRM system which will help us uh, transform and improve most importantly the communications we have with fans on a regular basis Is there anything you can bring us up to date on the ticketing system because that's something that I've Sort of um, been sort of quite aware of the fact that there have been quite significant problems of people acquiring tickets and, and it is something that I know that you've been looking into as a Ma- and Marshall as well uh, prior to uh, joining us. Is, is there anything you can update us on for the ticketing system? At the Absolutely,
0: definitely. So we've spent an awful lot of time tendering the market there are an awful lot of ticket systems out there are good and there's some not so good uh, we've
3: selected uh, our partner which will hopefully announce that within the next week or so uh, one of the most popular ticketing systems uh, in the country and used by a number of clubs, large and small. Uh, that system will greatly improve the, uh, the fan uh, experience, again, of being able to purchase tickets quickly, and easily, and without bus, uh, online, as well as on the phones. And uh, that's an area that we want to just make sure.
1: We are not want to put any barriers up, as we're trying to uh, attract fans to not only attend for the first time, but also attend uh, week in, week out. And we can only do that that investment that we've made in that in that software it sounds like sounds very much like there's a lot that you've been you've been sort of very very busy and very uh, sort of proactive but one thing that you can't influence um, is, is what goes on on the pitch and i'm just going to sort of push you on uh, how far you think that we might be able to go uh, in the fa trophies we're only two or three games away from that uh, wembley final how 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 do you think we'll fare Danny? Yes, yeah, it's, it's great how the draws panned out. It's great to get
0: a uh, home side back at the National Stadium. So that's uh, less than a fortnight away. We've deliberately taken uh, the policy there to have significantly reduced ticket prices around all tickets available for £10. Uh, against Gatehead, we want to get as many people into that stadium as possible and give uh, the players
1: that extra, uh, as should say, 12-man boost. And uh, if we win that, it's a uh, two-legged tie, I don't think there's anyone we need to fear in a two-legged tie and then say so you get to Wembley and uh, yeah it could, it could be a magical uh, day to, uh, to round off the season I have to say when I saw the prices for the Gateshead uh, FA Trophy game I was genuinely pleasantly surprised that they were only a tenner for an adult I think that's absolutely outstanding from the club again looking to engage with as many fans as possible so, the more people we can get in that ground the better
0: the atmosphere just when the attendances have been up on the last few games, that really just to give the boost when the players are digging in, perhaps trying to get that that winner or get back into a game or to stretch the lead.
1: You can't put a price on that and we, we have that, that's a reward to the fans and, uh, and incentives to new fans to, to come and try some uh, real football in the capital very affordable prices Absolutely Danny thank you very much indeed for giving up some of your time as we say you're always welcome uh, on the podcast anytime. but we look forward to hearing some interesting commercial announcements coming up thanks very much Danny So that
0: was Layton Orient CEO Danny (laughs) Macpherson making his Orient Outlook podcast debut. So thank you to Danny for coming on the podcast. Some really exciting stuff announced there uh, with the Fans Forum, with the ticketing system, with everything. And you know he's made quite the impact since coming in. And fantastic to see. No, fantastic. Straight to it. Fantastic work. (laughs) So thank you to Danny for coming on the podcast. So let's wrap this bad boy up.
1: yeah, Prediction League update. Nope. Uh, no, done that, sorry. Um, Fantasy Football League update. Fantasy Football yeah. League update is what I meant to say. At the time of recording, Dave Hyten was still in first place, nine points ahead of Rob Langley, and that's because the uh, system hasn't updated, taking into account three games that were played. Yep. Today, Steve is still in 42nd place, so good and bad in that is that you haven't dropped. Yes. But the, obviously bad is that you haven't gone up good.
0: either. Good. So good in terms of I don't a have win, Aguero, win. so I don't have four Goal striker, but I had Salah as my captain, who was literally the best player I could have had as my captain this week. So, well not bad. So, positives and negatives of the weekend. So, do the want to positives? Yeah. last positives?
1: Yeah. Uh, another point on the board as yeah. we move away from relegation into safety Dan Holman scoring his first goal for the Orient and the signings of Samling and Nathan Mavilla. Offer us more squad depth, and it's pleasing that we are looking for non league gems just like John Steele yeah. and Barry Fry have, so they've done that quite successfully as well. Even though so, no, Mavilla's not in the ground, been signed, he was on. in the ground yesterday.
0: I saw him on a, someone's Twitter account posing for a photo in a Leighton Orient train. So, yeah. so, you know, uh, you would probably presume that has probably been done with an announcement probably at some point this week so negatives in some sloppy play at points in the match a few misplaced passes a few salmon leap like headers very (laughs) uncharacteristic there a lot of it
1: was misplaced passing was poor passing Um, I don't want to name a name but if you were there you'd have seen it and it was just poor passing second negative was the pitch so like we said you know can't fault the ground staff for that
0: but the pitch is starting to cut up but hopefully with the supporters club um, donation with the hard working staff at the ground that will turn itself around and lastly mentioned it in the episode with Joby McEnough's neck injury we hope it's not too serious as Joby's been sensational uh, since Justin's appointment
1: yeah absolutely so Hero of the Week we decided to take our Hero of the Week to Twitter again so put forward the following players following their performance against Trammere yesterday Ebu Adams, Dean Brill, James Brophy and Dan Holman. We put that Twitter poll out on Saturday evening. We got 247 results and... Votes. Votes, sorry, and the results are as follows. Yes, we in fourth place,
0: Dan Holman at only 4%. I thought he might have had a few more there. Yeah. Uh, But he came in on fourth. In third place, James Brophy at 15%. So unlucky, James. Second place, the excellent... Ebu Adams at 19%. Yeah, but it was always going to be, wasn't very it? very clear winner. Uh, 62% of yeah, the vote. Go It is the brilliant The brilliant. So well done, Dino Well done, Dino. Makes hero of the week. And thank you for all your votes. Uh, 247 is a fantastic amount of people to get yeah. in just 24 hours. So next week's fixtures in. So just the one fixture coming up uh, in the week as we travel to AFC Fold on Saturday the 17th of February. AFC Fold are having a fantastic season. Our 7th in the National League after beating Gateshead 2-1 away yesterday from a double strike there from Danny mm. Rowe so if you remember earlier in the season at Brisbane Road they came they saw they conquered as fold comfortably beat uh, an Orient team although it was under Steve Davis and Danny Rowe was on fire that day I'm his have to second watch that goal was outrageous 35 yard into the top corner um, so we have to keep him quiet if you go in Have a very safe journey. Keep in contact with us. Let us know how your journey is going. Give us some photos. Give us some tweets.
1: Um, We hope you all have a very, very safe journey to AFC Fold. So that's it. Thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode number 132. It's been a very busy week off the pitch for the O's with the Fans Forum, the new shot opening, two new arrivals in Sam Ling and Nathan Mavilla, although he's not been announced yet by the club, with Sam Sargent, Charlie Barker and Andrew Camillo-Tayaka leaving the club on loan and also commercial director Steve Dixon leaving the club at the end of January. On the pitch, though, we saw a gritted and determined performance that saw us gain another point as we played out an entertaining one-all draw with Tranmere Rovers as our man Dan Holman grabbed (laughs) his first goal for the club. We'll be back with episode 133 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need.
0: Yeah, if you're listening on iTunes, give us a review. Come on, you know you want to. We know we get more iTunes listeners than reviews, so get your review in. And if you're on SoundCloud, tune in to Stitcher, <laughs> add us to your faves, and that way you'll have the podcast as soon as they are made available. If you think someone uh, would like the podcast who doesn't currently listen because they're not technological savvy or or whatever, you know, grab their phone, grab their PC, grab anything, download the podcast for them, tell them to get listening. as you know, we want to get out there to as many Orient fans as possible. In terms of our merchandise, uh we've got T, a few left. You might have heard of Mr. T put up a <laughs> lovely picture of him and the wife enjoying a nice coffee. You could be as happy as Ken <laughs> and the lovely wife. It would only cost you £12 for two or £7 for one. So if you'd plus like posted. a mug plus poster, which is three pounds, if you'd like one please get in contact. We have seen a surge in mug orders in the last week based on that oh, yeah. photo. So thank yeah. you very much to Kent for that photo and for coming on last week's podcast. And if you want a mug, it couldn't be easier. Give us a tweet or a DM, DM on Twitter us. at orientoutlook or on email at orientoutlook.com. Outlook
1: yeah, couple of things uh, just to, to wrap up. Um, gents, just a reminder Tuesday is Valentine's no, it's not Day. Oh, it's Wednesday. <laughs> oh, is it Wednesday? Oh, yeah, Wednesday. So, giving you well advanced warning here uh, and uh, get your flower orders in. Um, Carol Langley Flower Design at Station Road, 33 Station Road in Chingford, London E47BJ are doing a special offer. For Orient Outlook listeners, they give you 10% off when you place your flower orders for Valentine's Day, which, as I stand corrected, is this coming Wednesday. 0208 uh, 529 4130, or go to Carol Langley, C A R O L E L A N G L E Y dot co. Dot uk get your 10% when you mention the outlook we've well, got it all covered for you you want
0: flowers you go Carol Langley, you get 10% off you want a mug you get them here you get a lovely mug if you want to go and play at Brisbane Road you get 5% off of play with a ledger yeah, all doing. the best deals and the Bedpost absolutely you're not getting you. these anywhere else absolutely so a massive thank you to Danny Macklin again for coming on the show a massive thank you to everyone listening to the podcast we look forward to hearing from you and as always have a great week have a lovely Valentine's Day fellas don't remember to get your flowers in as well don't as the ladies you know lady listeners don't forget your flowers don't remember in. You said, don't, don't forget rem- you know and if you want to get a bit of an add-on a mug would make the perfect gift so have so a lovely Valentine's you can Valentine's make a nice Day. cup of tea on Valentine's morning <laughs> how's
1: your luck absolutely you And keep calm and listen to the Orient Outlook podcast yeah and we're going to play you out this week with a Valentine's themed love theme type song so thanks for listening everybody have a good week we'll be back next week
3: I found a love for me, well, darling, just dive right in, follow my lead. Well, I found a girl, beautiful and sweet.